And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, someone done messed up. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the computer. Oh, goodness. OBS, uh, I just updated it, and so it looks like there's gremlins in the machine. So. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome to Everyday Board Games. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about this episode. Uh, we're joking right now because we just filmed for, how, how long was that? 30 minutes. Almost 30 minutes, <laughs> and we realized we weren't recording. So... And the thing is, I hit the hotkeys to start the recording, but again, with OBS, the way this worked today, it's, we had a hard yeah. time just getting onto stream today, yeah. so we're like, I think it messed up the hotkeys, we're probably... It, so it messed up the hotkeys, it messed up the streaming, nobody responded to our Facebook. <laughs> Maybe this is a sign of this episode. Maybe we should just trudge through it real quick, get be done with it, and then have it be good. But no, let, let's talk about what happened. Um, so... Normally, what we do is we come up with a topic beforehand, whether it be our top eight debate or um, our discussion topic. And what we'll do is we will post on Facebook, uh, on the Board Game Revolution forum, uh, on Facebook. It's an amazing board game community. And we normally post about like one or two days in advance. That way it gives people time to discuss. And I'm pretty sure something just got lost in the mix because you liked it and then nobody else did anything to it. And I don't know if that's because our topic was so strange that people didn't understand how to do it or if it just got, got lost in the algorithm yeah, or what the situation was. But normally we like to bring in the members of the group to talk about it too and, and see what your opinion is. But we don't have any of that. So we would yeah. love to hear your opinion. If you listen to this episode later on, please you know, comment on our YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're any of the podcast things that you're doing. Comment, send us a Facebook post, whatever, you know. We want to hear about it. You can it. also get in contact us on the Twitter account as well. Yeah. And I'll respond to that as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. So we want to hear what your thoughts are. Because I think, that personally, this is what I think is a really interesting topic. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Uh, it was a little difficult to come up with this list. Um, and uh, let's tell the people what we're talking about since, you know, they missed the last 30 minutes. Right. So let's <laughs> let's go over that again. Um <laughs> This topic this week is, what are your favorite board games that you don't remember how to play? And so there's a lot of ways you can approach this. And, yeah. And so I'm going to tell the same story I told 30 minutes ago. That the, re- the reason I, I came up with this idea, and I will take ownership of this, of this oh, bizarre yeah, this idea. Oh, all you. I, I'm fine with that. Is because it was a number of things that did it, you know, with our top eight debates and our discussion topics. But really what set... What set it in stone is uh, I demo the the board games at our local shop. And one of our patrons, he had just bought Tiny Epic Quest. And I remember that was up there as one of my favorite Tiny Epic games. Yeah. And and I remember enjoying it, but it's been a couple of years since I played it. So he was like, hey, any way you can demo this for me? I said, sure, yeah. Let me just like flip through the rules real quick and we should be good to go and I'll, I'll teach you what I remember. I didn't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember the slightest bit of... That game. At all. I forgot there was an entire second phase to each t- round. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize night that phase. there was a, a night and a day phase. Yeah. I just thought you moved pieces around and then just based on where the, <laughs> the meeples were, you get things. Like, that's all I remember from it. And they're the item meeples. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> tiny epic games. It's been so long since I played it. It could have easily made this list if I thought of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and so I ended up... Uh, the following week, I watched uh, the 30-minute Watch It Played uh, video for it. Mm-hmm. 
Which Rodney Smith always does a great job. Oh, I, yeah. I remember it a lot better now, and I think and I thought I could very well teach it. Um, but I had to watch that, and had I not watched that video, it would be on this list. I, I'm Spoiler, you know, it's not right now, but it absolutely would have been, had I not watched that video, to teach the patron, who didn't bring it that week. But that's okay, because I had my copy, but he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't interested in playing it that week, so that's fine. It, it is what it is, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, oh, man. Like, man, do I feel like a dunce because of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. And it's an interesting topic, so I'm, not, I'm surprised no one really um, talked about it. Because yeah. even jokingly, they talk about things like that. So, yeah. And it's like, okay, sure, whatever. It, I think it just got lost in the shuffle. There's a lot of communication going on. I know there's right. a giveaway and stuff like that. Though, I do, I do want to mention something. I now have a second shelf of shame. A second shelf? What do you mean? You see the the top shelf way up there? That's my shelf of shame, and I had to migrate it down to this shelf right under Oh, me. no. <laughs> That's a, I counted mine recently. Do you want to take a guess at the number of how many games are on my shelf of shame right now? 127. Uh, you're a little high, but not by much. <laughs> 108. I'm only off by like 19. I have more games on my shelf of shame than most people have in, in their, their collections. collections. I don't know. Uh, my shelf of shame goes pretty high, and then I have a whole second shelf. Yeah. And, well, and the worst thing is, I counted those games. I was like, man, 108. Oh, I just got my Amazon Prime game. <laughs> oh, 109. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't a... counted mine, but uh, it's funny, because like, if you see like right there, up in the top, that's all one game right yeah, so there. That's, see, that's fine. That's like a whole shelf for it. <laughs> If that was like the cheap twenty dollar Walmart like bookcase shelves, you know that that would have collapsed by now. <laughs> no, but I, I just uh, wanted to see that because I see the loop in our background, and I really want to get that to the table. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that looks interesting. I purposefully have not looked into it just because I'm afraid I'd want to buy it too. I'll tell you though, that's Pandasaurus, right? Yeah, yeah, Pandasaurus. The game that time you killed me. Oh, I am intrigued by that. <laughs> Let me tell you. That is story or narrative-driven abstract strategy game. Hold on. First off, makes no sense. Secondly, I love abstract strategy and stuff with legacy elements into an abstract. Oh, my that, goodness. That's the thing I have to say about Pandasaurus. They don't go for really easy. They go for, like, the strange, but sounds go good. For, the loop yeah. sounds very strange with its time traveling and trying to fight the doctor. I forget whatever his name is. Lupenstein or some weird name. But you go through this time loop, and so they did that. And you got Dinosaur Island that mm-hmm. basically is Jurassic Park in a board game. You got Dinosaur yep. World that does something a little different coming out. Uh, people are starting to get it. Uh, but then I know the mind they, or the game. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it's they don't like to do the norm. Norm, yeah. Control was a really interesting game. Um, what is that other one with the the shades? Um, no, it's the card game that deals not hues and cues. Uh, the card game. I can't. Think oh, of illusion. Uh, yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they have illusion. They have uh, silver and gold. Yeah, you know? silver and gold. The first it? roll and. A roll and flip and write on then card write dry cards. erase. Sad yeah. part is if you can find silver and gold, pick it up because I just heard they're not there. There's no plans for them to reprint it. Oh wow! And that was an insta buy for a lot of people. Yeah, I know Target was selling it for a long, long time, time, but yeah. I I actually don't remember. So if seeing you can it. find one in the wild, pick it up because yep. it looks like it's going to go out of print. Yeah, well, I mean, ever since Super Mega Lucky Box came out, 
Which is game right? Yeah, different company, but I mean, it's same designer, similar yeah, same, concept, same, similar concept. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's all right, Daniel. Before we get into our topic, uh, I see this is taking us quite a bit less time than last time. What have you been playing lately? Uh, so I'm going to try and act surprised. All right. Uh, so I'm going to start with my honorable mention. Like I oh, said yeah, earlier, okay. cause, uh, you I, have an honorable <laughs> mention. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, just roughly because uh, we talked about Welcome to you a lot of times on here. Mm-hmm. I finally got to play the Halloween pack, mm. which <laughs> which is pretty interesting. I liked what it does. It pretty much does a lot of the same. It's got its own flavor cards, which go into the number three slot. Um, so you have that stuff that's going on with it. But what I really liked about it is the push your luck aspect of it where you get like uh, every time you put in a house, you either take a candy or a ghost if it has one of those. And it's a push your luck. So candies basically get you straight up points, but you have to be the first one to claim it. So if you say, hey, I got nine candy, you get 15 points. But if someone beats you to that, you can take a lower one. But if you're playing a four player game, there's only three um scoring so if you don't get any of those three you lose out and so you you got to decide what you're going to do as you're playing along and so um with that i like that and the ghost gives you special abilities like if you get four ghosts you can fill in a pool or if you get like nine ghosts you can take two biz without a penalty so you can duplicate a couple of your houses without taking an ability because if you you get one for free everything after that's going to become negative points for you mm. and so i really enjoyed it it was really fun to do but for my first game that i'm going to talk about that's horrifying no, definitely not that though no you're, no you're definitely, you know uh uh, while I was drinking the water, I briefly considered a spit take. <laughs> I, no, I no, no. Nice. no, no, no. It's your home. I will respect that. But That's your mic. That's all fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, it has a, a spit stopper. You know, lovely. Yeah. But horrified, you do. Really? The newest I didn't horrified. know you played this one. <laughs> the newest horrified, I've played it twice. And lost Twice even. <laughs> yeah, lost I'm sorry, times. I'll stop. I have played it too, and we already knew this going yeah. into this episode. Yeah, so it was... Great. I really liked it. Uh, the minis are amazing this one. So much better than the first game. I'll, I'll, I'll easily admit that. This one's a bit more colorful than the first one. I understand why they went with the aesthetic in the first one. Because the cards are black and white. Black and white movies based on yeah. Universal Monsters. I really do uh, love the minis in this one. Like mm-hmm. the, the, Bigfoot minis mini, the Bigfoot mini, I think, is better than the Bigfoot mini from Unmatched. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Although, I will say the Ozark Howler, kind of adorable. He kind of is. He looks yeah. like a big old teddy bear. He really does. He's not in the slightest bit. The picture that they use on the card. For him, is creepy. It's, it's yeah. very intimidating. Yeah. But then you look at the little mini, you're like, He's like, oh, I want to hit it. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> the little mini. But, but I had a really what good time with it. Fetch? I played uh, Banshee of the Badline. I think that's actually one of the more difficult ones that we've played. Um, I think it was also because it was late at night when we were playing it and we were all tired and... We couldn't even figure out where the violin started to begin with because it's not very worded very well in the rule book. No. How it goes. And so it that was a little frustrating, but once we got it, but we got our butts kicked by the Banshee of the Badlands. Uh, it didn't help matters that our citizens kept spawning like right in front of monsters, and so they got t- taken out quickly. Had a really good time playing it, though. Uh, earlier you asked me which one that I prefer. Yep. And I personally prefer the first one more just because I have that connection to the... Universal Monster movies. I own all the movies in the black and white digitally. Used to own them on VHS back in the day. I'm starting to collect the Abbott and Costello meets the Universal Monsters. I have two so far. I have uh, Frankenstein and uh, Mummy, Abbott and Costello. Didn't the Three Stooges meet one of them? Yeah, I 
think it was Frankenstein. Well, I yeah. think the Three Stooges did it too, but I like the Abbott and Costello ones better. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Three Stooges guy. I like the I Three Stooges, but the Abbott and Costello ones are just they're the, they're the epitome of slapstick when it comes to like the. They're scary pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was starting to collect that. I know like the the citizens that are coming into the game, like Lucy. Oh, I know which movie. I, it makes sense why they're going to the campground, or this person's going to the theater because that's yeah. where Dracula met them, and that kind of stuff. But honestly, pick and choose whatever you like more. If you like cryptids more, then pick up Horrified American Monsters. If you like Universal Monster movies, pick up that one. Just depends. They play pretty much the same. And I made reference of it earlier that didn't get recorded. Bigfoot plays a lot like the mummy. Bigfoot's a little bit more difficult than the mummy was in the other game. But there's also things that are a lot easier, like you were saying earlier, in this game. Um, because everything's like four spaces apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it seems like the board is just it's, it's not a lot as... looser. It, it, if you're playing with the character that can move village yeah. or villagers, uh, citizens, like it, I just spent all my turns moving them there just to get them off the board and get a perk at the same time. Yeah. I, my turns And the thing is, like, the perks exciting. you can use on anybody's player's turn. Yeah. So I helped everybody and helped prevent death, but, like, at the same time, it seemed like, I don't, you know, I would have to calculate it, but I don't think that where they spawn, the villagers spawn in the original version is only four spaces away from their destination. But I think every single one of them do in this version. Well, I also got to think about the fact that in the original one, there was a whole section that we couldn't go into because only one monster can go into that. Right, the so, waterways. And yeah. in this one, it doesn't have that. So it, mm-hmm. I think those like three or four spaces are actual spaces in this game. Right, which I don't know if it needed, but, you know, we digress. <laughs> and there were a couple production issues that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, one token that is completely Two. wrong. Two. Oh, I only had one. Uh I think there's two of them that both say police station really? and a sheriff station. Okay, I'm, I only remember one, but I might be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be sheriff station mm-hmm. uh, instead of police station. Which kind of makes sense, but there's also a ranger station on the board. There's two stations, and then this was a weird third one that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that didn't exist, yeah. Yeah, we, I remember when we played that, we stared at the board going... <laughs> um, what? What? And then, of course, the rule book and stuff like that. But, again, that's stuff that it wasn't game-breaking, just typos. Right. There was, I while researching that typo with the police station, I did find a scenario where, um, I think it's the Jersey Devil, mm-hmm. where you have to get, like, clue tokens and whatnot. I, I vaguely remember seeing a couple of people post that there is a situation that becomes impossible to win. If oh. certain tokens come out in a certain way, it becomes absolutely impossible. And I don't know if that's true. I'm speculating. I really but don't also know. That, that, I hope it's not. But That's also saying something like the Chupacabra would be too difficult to play because if you don't get the goat tokens on the board, then how are you supposed to... No, no well, there's a goat token, I think, for every space. And that's like 16 goat tokens. So there's no... That's, yeah, that's but there's, not what, like happen. 40 or 50 tokens in there. And if yeah. all 16 somehow are just at the bottom of the bag and don't get sure. pulled... yeah. No, but I mean, like, actually, from what I understand about that, like, it makes it impossible to win against that monster, hmm. like, entirely. And we'll have to research that more later yeah, on. Yeah, that's I the only one I haven't played, so. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Well, I haven't played half of them, but that is one of them. <laughs> I, I've played, because there's, what, six monsters? Uh, six monsters. I've played five of them. I have played three. Uh, yeah, because I think... But I, we did win, so... Did not win. Both uh, times, either? did not win. 
So, wow. Did you play uh, three monsters each or just... Three monsters, yep. Um, and, but there's only two players, too. So that okay, might yeah. It's, it's a, that's the thing. It's like co-ops, they get progressively more difficult. Uh, more players. More, more players. Yep, more targets, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, this is just a two-player because we wanted to get it played, but yeah, went really well. We loved it. it no, really it's, it's good. I like it. All right. Which would you prefer out of the two? Uh, ooh, just by what I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I haven't played Bigfoot yet. And I'm a huge Bigfoot fan. I love that. <laughs> my, my brother has, which you've seen my brother. Yeah. He looks like a Viking. Um, he, he has a t-shirt that has the silhouette of Bigfoot. And it says, Gone Squatching. And I don't know why that cracks me up as much as it does. But it does. And I love that. And I'm a big, like, Chupacabra lore fan. Oh, I, I love lo- Chupacabra lore. Yeah. It was really big when I was like in uh, mm-hmm. late elementary school, early middle school. So right. there, there, there was like the whole thing where you see like all the people would go to the swap meet and get the Chupacabra shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the monsters that they picked. I really do. There's some of them I had never really known about. Like the Ozark Keller, I never knew anything about. I knew about the Ozark Keller. The one I didn't know about was the Banshee of the Badlands. Yeah, that one's another one I didn't. I've heard uh, of the Jersey Devil. I've heard of the uh, others. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was talking to a buddy of ours, Gamehead Geek, and um, mm-hmm. he's going to get a shout out a little bit later. Um, is he didn't even know the Jersey Devil exists? And I'm like, dude, they made, named a whole hockey team after this thing. <laughs> he's like, what? The New Jersey Devils are named after the Jersey Devil. But that doesn't mean like <laughs> you can still go without knowing the cryptid. It's like, have you heard of the? The mythical, like, beast from California called the Mighty Duck. You know, he's vicious. Like, you would never... Like, come on. Just because they're named after that doesn't mean... But the thing I is, wouldn't have known he that. follows hockey. So he follows the sport. I'm pretty sure the Jersey Devil didn't play hockey. So that's... That's moot. But see, like like me, he also likes listening about the lore of how teams come up with their names. It's like, come yeah. on. Okay. Like, he's not that's... as big of a hockey fan as I am, so I'll give him that... Right. But that's also his wife's favorite hockey team. Okay. <laughs> so I think you should kind of know the lore. Yeah. Like, like I hear sometimes if you if you walk around Canada late at night, you'll hear like the sound of a hockey puck being hit by Wayne Gretzky. I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the lore I'm going with right there. Man, two sports ball references. How do you like that? All right, anyway. What's funny about that, you called it sports ball and hockey doesn't No, I know. It's, it's a puck. I know. I know. Just because they make 7-10 splits and three-pointers doesn't mean anything, all right? A home run. It's fine. Anyway. But I know the term checking when you check somebody. It's like when you put their king in a position that they could potentially be lost to. Anyway. So my first game that I'm going to talk about, chess is a sport, sir. Um... Have you ever seen underwater chess? Like, <laughs> We're totally no, I swear to God, this here. is a thing. No, it's board game, so it counts. But no, have you heard it. of? Dude, but, have you played underwater chess? I can't swim. So, <laughs> but the way it works, <laughs> no, the way it topic. works, the way it works is amazing. But this it, is not topic. It's just like time chess, except there's no timer because you're limited to the amount of time you can hold your breath <laughs> to make your move. You have to go up to the top. When it's your move, you dive down, and you can take as long as you need, as long as you keep your air. It encourages asphyxiation. It's hilarious. You, sure. It's the only board game that you might drown <laughs> that I'm aware of. Anyway, that's fascinating to me. <coughs> My first game that I played is uh, Llama Land by Phil Walker Harding. <laughs> oh, goodness, it seems like we talked about this already. Llama Land is an amazing... It, Amazingly interesting game. It's a brand new game from Phil Walker Harding. Um, super colorful. 
It does a lot of things that are similar to uh, Baron Park meets um, Gingerbread House. Okay. So imagine like kind of like Gingerbread House, but with uh, polyomino tiles, mm-hmm. and specifically pentaminos. Like these are five space tiles, all of them. And you don't have to do anything to get them specialty. You just literally take any of them and you place it on your board. There can't be any empty spaces underneath it. You can have, you start with some foundation tiles that can fill it in. Similar to like the stairways in Gingerbread House. Yeah. But you have, you can either, you have, start with a four by four grid board, a 16 space board, and then you add these tiles either to the side of it next to them or on top of any previously placed tiles. Okay. And so there's a bunch of objectives that you can go for. But mainly, you're turning in resources to buy llamas. What makes it interesting is that all of the llamas, uh, they cost four of their respective resource. So there, there could be like four, um, there could be four cacao, um, four corn, and four some of something else that's escaping my memory right now. And the way you set up the points is really interesting. Each llama can be worth anywhere from five to 12 points. Okay. And so you have a certain number of those cards, you shuffle them up and you deal a number based on the players. So in three players, I think you deal eight of them. If I'm, if, if I remember correctly, but those eight, then you put in descending order. So the highest one is going to be on top. So it creates a completely different situation where like that one might have 10, 10, nine, nine, five or eight, five, five. You see, and that'll be the eight tiles where the other one might have like 12, 11, 10, you know, depending on how it ended up laying out. So okay. I, I found that pretty fascinating. So like the timing on when you get which ones are really different. And so a lot of the things are similar though. You're putting, you're putting the tile down. If you land on a, if you put it on top of a resource, you get the resource. If you put it on top of a village, you get one of the characters that give you special abilities. And if you put it on um, a coin, you get to take coins, which aren't worth anything by themselves, but any two coins count as any one resource. So that's kind of like a half wild. And so it's pretty interesting. Um, A good mutual friend of ours, uh, I I always enjoy the moment like when we sit down, uh, the game night was pretty slow, so we sat down, and him, I, and one of the regulars played it. And as soon as we were done, he was like, all right, that's on my wish list now. And he just went, darn it, Danny. Yeah, Every sounds time. about right. Yeah. But then and, again, he does that to us too. So Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. It's just it's such a gratifying feeling where it's like you play a game and he's like Darn you Oh, it's for Walker Harding, it would have been on his list anyway. It, it would have been regardless, but that <laughs> cemented it for sure. So I I thought that was really fascinating. So that was my my first game that I felt like talking about, uh Llama Land. Alright, moving on to my next game that I want to talk about is one of my most recent Kickstarters that I got in the mail. Hmm. Um but it's one I've sort of played already. Mm-hmm. But it's the newer version of it. And this one is Marvel United X-Men. Uh, okay. And, oh man, I really... I, I dig Marvel United to begin with. Uh, for some simple reason, how easy it is, I still really enjoy it. It's it's, it's one of the more simpler co-ops. Mind you, it's, it's supposed to be made to, for families to play together. So they don't want to make it super difficult. But man, I still have a great time. Every time I've played this, I've enjoyed it. And the X-Men one just makes it better for me. Because X-Men are my favorite Marvel comics. It's something I grew up reading. Um, I grew up in the Marvel 92 era. So the cartoon yeah. show and stuff like that. My, and, my favorite Marvel superhero is uh, Duke. And he's an X-Men. And he's actually going to be in one of the 
Oh. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, I, think he's I will a... play that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he's going to be in one of the expansions. Uh, that so right amazing. now, I, I did the split shipping, so I got the base game, and I'll get all the rest of the stuff next year. Uh-huh. But I just wanted the base game here, and you can probably see it over my shoulder right there with Marvel United. And it's it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. What I like about this one is that it gives you anti-heroes, too. Oh, that's so, cool. yeah, So your blue characters are supposed to be your heroes. That's who you're supposed to play with. Mm-hmm. And then your red characters are the bad guys who you're going to fight against. Well, now in this one, you have purple characters that you can either fight as a villain, and they'll have the villain's card set, or you could play them as heroes, and you'll have uh, hero cards for them to be played as well. Interesting. Uh, when I played it, we went up against Magneto, which is supposed to be one of the more difficult ones, and we won, but it wasn't easy to begin with. Yeah. There's a slight thing on the roll that we had to go to BGG to look up and find out what happened with it, and it was um, because it says, like, if there's no civilian on any one of the maps or something like that um, then you lose well the the setup of the game we would automatically lost yeah but it's like if there's not a single civilian on any of the maps is what it it's supposed to reference but we had to go on bgg to get the clarification gotcha okay but other than that it was really good i got to play cyclops who's always been one of my favorite characters um our mutual friend gamehead geek again he played it with me he played uh wolverine Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that, again, you can use Mystique and um, Magneto as playable characters as well as villains. Yeah. Uh, your bad guys are Sabretooth, Juggernaut, and I can't think of the third one right now, but you also have Magneto and Mystique that you fight with. And in fact, I think those are the four that, because the two of them are good guys as well. Um, what's also cool is that I get a lot of the reference in here. Like Magneto, there's like Asteroid M, which is his asteroid that he uses... Uh, another thing is like uh, Mystique. Her thing is all about trying to assassinate Senator Kelly, and that that's been a big thing about it because Senator Kelly is the guy who tries to make the mutant registration and all that. So it's like it's very intriguing for me. I really, really enjoyed it. And then, mind you, it's a good system. Yep. Out of all of the Marvel superhero themed games like this, um, you know, like Legendary mm-hmm. Champions, uh, Splendor. Out of all of those. Yeah, no, I, with the exception of Thanos Rising, I like Thanos Rising probably better. This was easily, out of this style, I think I like this one the best. Out of the co-op stuff, yeah. It's been a while since I played it, but I would definitely play it again. Oh, yeah, no, I dig it, and in fact, um, when you're telling us your game, I want to find out if there is a third bad guy in here. I'm sure there is. My next game that I would like to talk about is a game that I have already played, but I hadn't yet. That's Space Invaders. I got Space Invaders to the table. It's on my shelf right now. Yep, and that was at like 2 in the morning with one of my best friends. He stuck around. We decided, let's play a simple game. Oh, man. Space Invaders is so good. I already liked Flip Ships, which is this is what it's based off of. Yeah, and he finally got the the license for it. Yep, and it went through Buffalo Games, which we've already talked about. Great production. Uh, the cards don't need to be all that great here, but I think they're still better quality. Um, and, and, but that flipper, that joystick thing, it works really well. Yeah, I I'm put really it together. Happy with uh, that. Uh, I put it all together. It's on my shuffle shape to get played. I'm yep. probably going to try to play it this weekend. It's but solid. And it, what I like about it is that it looks like the video game. It's like they didn't try to upgrade the art at all. Nope. nope. They they stayed true and true. Now here here's my conundrum though, and let me pick your brain on this. So I played, I played Space Invaders, and I own Flip Ships, right? Mm-hmm. So I effectively own two copies of the same game. 
flip ships yeah, I like the art I think it's prettier but Space Invaders has a way better production quality and it retails for half of the price flip ships used to flip ships used to be a 40 to 50 dollar game this is a 20 dollar game because Buffalo makes amazing stuff and I like that launcher better I don't know if I'm gonna keep both of them I don't I really like flip ships yeah. And that was kind of like my aspired. I want to buy this game for so many years, and I and finally got it. Flip Ships what? Renegades, right? Renegades? Flip Ships is Renegade, yeah. And I finally got it just fairly recently, within the last year. And I was so excited to get it, and now that Space Invaders is out, I don't know what to do. I'm caught up in a, a bit of a conundrum. conundrum. huh? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like, for me, like the Horrified thing. I'm going to keep both, because I like both, but they also, they're They play different. different. Yeah. yeah. In These a sense. are different. Yeah. So, Functionally, they're the exact same game. For me, if I would, I haven't played Flip Ships. I haven't played Space Invaders either. Yeah. Um, but I like the Space Invaders theme better because I just remember playing it in the arcade. So see, and I'm like, I'm pretty indifferent. I do like Space Invaders, the video game. I'm more of a Pac-Man if we're going to retro games. Oh, Donkey Kong all the way. Donkey Kong's good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can mess people up with some Pac-Man. Uh, like I used to be really good. Anyway, but that's regardless of the point. I mean, sure, I like the theme. But I really like the art in Flip Ships, but there's really no reason to own both. Well, it comes down to what do you like more? What 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 is more functional? I think functionally Space Invaders is better because they have the board. Flip Ships doesn't have a board. You have yeah. to just lay it out along the strip of cardboard. And then Flip Ships also had just a little wooden block that you flick the tokens off of. Yeah. Which, this one has a launcher. This one has a launcher. And I worry about if that might break at some point. It didn't seem like it was flimsy enough. It, it's, um, but, but it's it also might. cheap plastic as yeah, well. Yeah, so exactly. It just depends, honestly. But if it me, breaks, I could buy another $20 game. Yeah. for You would you spend enough money for two Space Invaders, but you would spend for one Flip Ships. Yeah. So, yeah, honestly, I would keep Space Invaders myself. Do you think I should get rid of them and not keep both? Uh, it just depends, honestly. Um it's up to you if you want to be like, okay, here's this. Oh, by the way, this is the same game, and you can also get it for $20 cheaper. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, I don't it's know. It's something you want. Well, think about it. Maybe you could do it when you got to do one of those resells that you like to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. it it's definitely because, I mean, I guess if there's one reason for flip ships to be replaced, the same game in slightly better components, that's probably a good reason, right? Yeah. So what's the next game you've played? So this is going to be an interesting one. This is an old game that I've played for the first time. Something we've been really? talking about for quite a while. Okay. Um, same person I played uh, X-Men United with. We finally decided just, you know what? We can't get the normal group together to play the second part of this Legacy series. So you and me, let's just do it. And we played... Uh, who? who? You and who? Gamehead Geek. You guys are doing Legacy Season 2, huh? Yeah. Finally, good yeah. for you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, so the game is Pandemic uh, Legacy Season 2. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to spoil it. Uh, no, that's fine. Uh, but yes, we, we decided to bust it out. Uh, uh-huh. We only played, right now we've only played one scenario, the the right. uh, the tutorial scenario basically. Mm-hmm. Because it's been years since we played Pandemic, yeah. either vanilla or the original or Legacy Season 1. And so we're you know, you know, let's do it. Let's bust it out. We played it. Um, we named the characters that we needed to name, mm-hmm. made them. Um, 
And so we set up our whole board, getting ready. Then we played the tutorial or epilogue, whatever you want to be. Because there, there is new mechanisms in this game. Yeah. Uh, especially. Definitely. <laughs> especially, There's a lot of new mechanisms in this uh, Especially the one where, and, and, and this is a slight spoiler, where the other time you're in a pandemic, you're trying to keep cubes off the board. This one, you <laughs> want to keep them on the board. Yeah. So that's one of the main differences. So that's something we had to rack our brains around. And so we had to play that first uh, epilogue scenario. And so it's not too much of a spoiler as well, because right, no. it's the epilogue scenario. Yeah, you haven't gotten to the story yet. Yeah, yeah we haven't even touched the, the story. We just wanted to play that get used to it. And then next time we get together, we're going to play the first. Um, um, so what do you think so, of the epilogue? It was interesting. Like I said, there, there's some stuff that we had uh, to get grasp of. Yeah. Um, and what's going on here, because... What I like about it is looks like the board's going to be different for everybody. Because mm-hmm. the way you see how things, just by opening up the board and you're going, that's it? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just a, and you can see it on the back of the box. That's not a spoiler. It's yeah. just you only, you're only confined to like one spot. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting. And so we want to see what happens. Um, we did get made, make our characters, like I said. Um, we know what we're doing. I like the fact that you have to name where they're from. Because that could be important mm-hmm. because things start off different in this one as well. So mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. So we, we, we enjoyed playing it. We're looking forward to actually getting into it. But I'm glad to finally actually bust this out. Uh, I'm looking forward to you telling me about it. Like, <laughs> I wanna, I'm excited to see your stages because I, I played it when it was fairly new. It, but, you know, the same thing happened with us is we've had, um, we always had four players in our games. Yeah. And three of us were consistent through all three of the pandemics. And then the fourth player was always kind of, you know, routed in and out. I actually don't remember everybody who was even in the first season. Um, or I, I'm pretty sure I remember the second season. And then a good friend of ours, his mom actually played all three, the third season with us. So uh, Season zero. Season zero. Yeah, not season three. The third one. The third one, yeah. In, in the trilogy? Yeah, yeah, it's a trilogy that uh, ends with a prequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and she played with us and that... That was because she's not a gamer, so yeah. that was a different thing. So, trying to teach her the base game on top of it, it worked well. Like we enjoyed our time, but I want to see what you think about this one. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. I've heard some people say this is the best one of the three. Yep. I've heard some people say it's the worst one of the three. I'm intrigued by just from what I'm looking at, like how we're going to expand the board uh, yep. rather than um, the board making changes. You know what I mean? Like uh, sure. Uh, things happening in the first one that makes changes to the boards. This one is, like, going to expand. And so I'm, like, I'm intrigued. Especially the way from, like, you read it in the epilogue, the way the storyline is set up where where everything that's going on, I'm sitting there like, oh, they went there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's this really interesting thing that happens in March that... uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just wanted to see. I was curious how many people were like, no! Like, trying to press pause on the podcast. No, I didn't say anything. Um, So the next game that I've been playing... (laughs) Unless you want to keep... No, no, that's it. It's just, I I really enjoyed uh, finally getting it to the table. It's been on my shelf for three years, I think. Right. I got it about a year after it came out, so... Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, So, my next game that I played was the only game in a series of games that I have not played yet. I finally got it to the table. And you know how big of a fan I am of the Oniverse... Well, oh. I've played all of the games except for this one. I finally got Arion. I was going to say, this is the kite one, right? This is the kite one. And I had always been a little hesitant to play this one. Because it's got dice. 
Well, so Nautilion has dice as well, and it does a really interesting system with it. This one, it does have dice. There's six dice, but you're rolling combinations to get dice. And so, like, either two pairs, three of a kind, four of a kind, and they, they escalate depending on what it is. And so at first it's like, ah, oh, this is just like a Yahtzee variant. Like, I don't know. How good can it be? Let me tell you, <laughs> because I was very surprised by it. I ended up beating it somehow on the first try, which is unheard of for me and Oniverse games. What makes it so interesting, there are six decks, right? And each one has uh, one of six um, blueprints, which you need to complete. Then they need um, one of three resources. So two of the decks have one resource. It's either like, uh, like, uh, like, nutshells or something like that um like windmill things or something else it, it's like really weird it's abstract um those though there's three decks that each have those in it and then there are two different uh kind of captains or companions uh-huh. and half of the decks have one half of them have others and in order for you to get or you have to have both the resource and the blueprint first then you can get the companion to complete it which already doesn't make too much sense, but like that that's yeah, yeah, yeah. all you have to do is complete the six different ships. Well, what makes it so interesting is each of the decks are made up of these combinations of blueprints, uh, which are unique to that deck only, uh, companions, which are half, half of them, or uh, the resources. And you have to roll the dice. So when you roll the dice, you can always be working on one of two or two different ships at a time. Or you can have uh, one of the books, which each of the decks have a book, or have okay. one or two books in it. And the books give you like special abilities, kind of like the key in Oniver, or Oniram. Okay. The way you re-roll is you have the six cards in front of you. You always have six in front of you. When you re-roll, or when you choose to re-roll, you have to discard one of those six that are in front of you. And they don't refill. So if I'm going for a four of a kind, I might discard like the straight. And get and discard that, but that might be one of the cards I need, mm-hmm. and so that lets me re-roll some dice, and I can continue doing that until I either get a combination that lets me get a card, and then I stop being penalized, or um, I only have one card remaining because then after that turn, all of the cards get refilled. Well, if you run out of cards from your decks, game over. And so there's this cool little like give and take. It's like. Do I do I have to re-roll? Should I go for something less impressive? Should I spend my book to reshuffle some of the blueprints back into it that I need back again? It's so cool. <laughs> it is so neat that that choice. I mean, Shadi Torbay, he's the designer of all of the Oniverse games. I'm I'm increasingly impressed by his games. The, they are they just get better and better and better. I wish he made multiplayer games. Like, like I really do. Because his one-player games, if there's that much game in just one I player, think, yeah. like four times that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I've ever heard of him doing that. And I, I just that game is has me flabbergasted. I loved it. I really want to show you how to play it. Uh, I sound intrigued. Uh, speaking of solo games, I just picked up... Uh... Clean Clinko's uh, Proving Ground recently. Oh, finally. Yeah, and so I, I do need to get that to the table. Oh, I, I'm team. really really looking forward to it. It's... We've already talked about flip ships and solo games today, <laughs> so we'll, we'll all teach you. 
Yeah, so um, looks pretty good. I just, honestly, I found it at Barnes and Noble on a clearance sale. I picked it up for ten bucks. It's so. absolutely worth ten dollars. It was worth thirty five when I bought it. <laughs> so look at to try it. I, I'm a big fan of Clean Clinko games. So are you? Yeah, I, I like uh, Flatline, and I also enjoy uh, Fuse. Fuse. Yeah. Uh, there's another one I played of his. Uh, uh, the the Pandemic Dice game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he does a lot of like stressful games that's why i don't play yep. a lot of them did he also do uh dead men tell no tales or, uh yes yeah that one is another stressful one that's that i really enjoyed one. you know that should be on my list that i don't remember how to play <laughs> actually i do more or less but yeah that oh man yeah that's a really good one i all right well then we'll see if i talk about another king clenko soon all right well going on to my last game here is another campaign game. It's one I talk about all the time, but there's a reason why I wanted to bring it up. Because one, I just recently played it. It's not on my shelf. It's up front. Oh, that's <laughs> Well, yeah, it is. Oh. But that's Jaws of Lion. The big one's up. <laughs> Whatever. Well, going through the, the base game um, with the wife and having a good time. Another reason why I wanted to bring it up, because I mentioned Game Head Geek earlier, he actually made me this cool little coasters made out of resin. That is the starting characters from the base game of Gloomhaven. So there's the Mind Thief. Um, you have the Craghart right here. And so for my audio listeners, I'm just showing them. What he did is that he made resin coasters with the, the symbols of the first six boxes that you can play out of Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of trying to match their colors up to their board. So uh, kind of greenish, kind of purplish. Uh, you got the brute here. His the back of his board is kind of bluish. Um, uh, tinker, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I just uh, thought these were really cool. And using these while we were playing uh, Gloomhaven was just uh, it was uh, we had a great time playing it. Yeah. And then have these while having a few uh, beers and stuff like that. And it's been good. We've opened a few boxes recently, and it's been. It's been quite interesting playing. And I, I, I will highly recommend this to everybody who plays Gloomhaven or thinking about playing Gloomhaven or Jaws of Lion. Get a friend to make you resin coasters, right? Well, yes, get that. But also, <laughs> use the Gloomhaven helper app. Yeah. It's going to make your life so much better because with the two-player game of the Gloomhaven, we're playing four characters just because we want to see as much as we can out of the game. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's ridiculous how much it table eats if you don't have the app. It's uh, because all the monster cards, all the um, the monster, the I forget what they're called, but it's the ones that you flip up the that modif- the modifier deck. Uh, and then there was a game since we're playing, like I said, we're playing four player characters or four characters. So many creatures are on the board, so you have to manage all of them. Whereas the app takes care of all that you don't even need the modifier deck because it has it in the app itself so you just flip a card on the thing makes life so much easier it the game's not easier (laughs) mind you it just makes your life easier playing the game and so i highly upkeep yeah it really does come because i have to run my cards and then i have to run the monster cards and then i'm trying to pay attention okay you did this much damage oh wait they got a shield it takes care of all that there are you going to get the video game that just recently came out? Oh, it's been out for a while. It was at a beta for a while. Um, right. I'm thinking about it. I, I could have picked it up on Steam just recently. There was a sale on it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just looking forward to Frosthaven. Uh, we, I also have the expansion. So me and the wife have already decided that 
you have to play a certain scenario to unlock the expansion. So if we beat the game without playing that scenario, we're just going to do that scenario and unlock the expansion and just go I through see. that storybook. That's interesting. Okay. Very cool. And the last game I want to talk about, um, I actually was going to talk about uh, a completely different game. I was going to talk about Nova Luna. And Nova Luna, it, it it's a fun game, but because you brought up Kane Klinko, I just remembered another game differently that I was going to talk about. That's Telestration's Upside Drawn. Finally got off of the shelf of shame for me. <laughs> Kane Klinko. Basically the idea, it's like kind of like Pictionary, except one person who knows what the picture is moves the board and slides it along the table. All, the, all they can say is either up or down. And the per- one of the players is considered the artist, and they're also a guesser. They're the ones holding the marker. So they're technically moving it up and down, drawing. <laughs> and so they're drawing and guessing what the picture is. It's the only... It's so bizarre <laughs> watching somebody technically being the one drawing the pi- image and also guessing as to what the game or what the picture is. It is a real... I didn't think it would be that great. And then we played it, and it was an absolute riot. It was awesome. Nice. And I think a lot of websites and a lot of stores have it on clearance right now. Oh, it's worth it. Go get it. I've looked at it, but I I was I don't hesitant. play enough with people. I uh, play enough with uh, a number of people for party games. Most I ever play with is four. Two, yeah, four is four is a perfect amount for this game because then you have two guessers. Because what happens is all of the teams do it at once. They all know what the word is. So. Uh, there's one person who's sliding the board for each team, and it can be up to four teams. And so, really, four players is perfect because you have two teams of two. Two people are the guessers. Two people are the are the uh, clue giver. And yeah, you're just sliding a board, and you're both, and you can actively listen to the other players' guesses <laughs> because they're guessing the same image. They just the only thing is you can't look at the other players' board. But if they if you hear something like they have a really good guess, which happens a number of times. And they're wrong. You're like, okay, so that, I could just want that would be it. What's similar to that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it it turned out so good. It was we had an absolute blast, and yeah, that was awesome. Upside drawn. All right, that sounds good, and I think that's all our games of what we've been playing. So, like, I I've played plenty more, but we've oh, done yeah. this long enough and twice. So let's so, just go into I, our list. I do have to say, I also picked up uh, the the Scooby Doo. Chronicle games or the Storybook Chronicles. I still need to make it through Shining. I played the first half of it. I really want to play those games. I heard they're really good. The it's Shining was fun so far. But I'm a f- big fan of Scooby Doo, so I I'm a big no, Shining I'm a big fan, fan of so, Shining as yeah. well. I own the movies. I've read the book. Yeah, both books. Because did you know there's a sequel? Yes. Do you know what it's called? No. Doctor Sleep. The Shining. No, <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> uh, it's called Doctor Sleep, which is interesting. Because Ewan McGregor actually is the main character in the movie. I own the movie. I haven't watched it because I haven't finished the book yet. That's fair. Hey, did you ever watch the miniseries? Of which one? The Shining? The Shining. Yeah, it's okay. The movie was better. I, I, I vaguely remember enjoying it. I remember the reason I liked it so much is because I don't know much about actors, but I know the pilot who plays Brian on Wings is the guy who plays uh, Jack, Jack Nichols. Torrance. Yeah, Jack Torrance. In The Shining, and I couldn't help but like. I remember when I, I was like a teenager when the when it came out as a miniseries. I was like, 
okay. I mean, I'm not a <laughs> casting director, and I'm only a teenager, and I don't understand, but, like, I mean, maybe he has good acting chops. Oh, I can't really but see But it was a very different thing, because I used to watch Wings a lot. The It miniseries uh, had... Uh, the, the the mom from Smallville as uh, the girl, and then it also had uh, John Ritter as the uh, Ben Hascom, and uh, what is it? Or Beverly Marsh is the uh, the right. the character's name, the female, and then um, they had John Ritter, really? Yeah, he played Ben Hascom, uh, the construction guy or, or the architect. But wow. what's even funnier is uh, Richie Tozier is played by Seth Green, at the kid version of him. Of course. I mean, John Ritter, he, he was a great actor, but he has easily one of the funniest bits I've ever seen in any TV show. It was it was his most recent TV show, right before he died. Eight Simple but, Rules. What's that? Eight Simple Rules. No, no. Was it that? No, it was something else. It was a TV sitcom. Um, but his most recent was Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, because they did a whole death thing uh, for when he died. Yeah, that might have been it. But I remember... I remember, like, he was helping her with homework or something, and it started doing, like, that traditional time lapse where you see, like, the clock just, like, starting to speed up, and then you see two hands come up, and he comes, he's like, what the? And he starts slamming the clock <laughs> on the wall. The, that's one of the funniest bits I've ever seen. Like, that's brilliant. Oh, uh, but yeah, it just, the miniseries for me is hard for me to, yeah. to get into them, just because, like, now, especially now, I love it, the miniseries. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh in fact, I got a uh, it the the miniseries shirt coming in because it's got the um, Tim Curry's clown on it. Yeah, and so I, that's, that's cool. the whole reason because that that was one of the best overactings I've ever seen. Oh, I yeah, I'd believe it. And so Tim it, Curry in anything is amazing yeah. to watch. And so he made Clue the movie but good. Now as an as an adult watching these, I'm like, wow, they really did go to like. Get some of the most rap. John Ritter has been Haskum. Yeah. I can't even remember the na- woman's name, but she plays Beverly Marsh as an adult. And uh, I don't even. Apparently, these are big name actors in the '90s for like TVs and shows and stuff sure. like that. And I'm sitting there like, I don't even know half these guys on here. I know more of the kids, one of them anyway, Seth Green, than I do most of the men. And the yep. only reason I know the woman is because she was on Smallville and I watched that show. <laughs> That's awesome. She played Martha Kent. Speaking of TV shows, I've watched Squid Games recently. I haven't. Yeah. How was it? It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, right now it, I've been uh, doing spooky season stuff. So. Yeah, it. well, I mean, it's psychological horror, technically. I mean, we won't go into spoilers or anything, but it, what, what, what cracked me up, do you know what the first episode is about? No. I, I've, been, uh, I've heard people talking about it, but I've been avoiding, just in case I want to try it out. Yeah. That may, I'm going to give you one... And it's not really a spoiler. It's just that the, obviously they play games, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the first episode is titled "Red Light, Green Light." Okay. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. And, and yeah, so that's like not even spoilers. So my my wife was talking to one of her coworkers and saying, "Yeah, we you know we've been watching," uh, and she was voice chatting with her. It's like, "Yeah, we've been watching Squid Games, you know, and we're, we we've been enjoying it so far." And my ten year old daughter comes in and she's like, "Oh, Red Light, Green Light." Just, like, out of the blue. And we're like, what? <laughs> what in the world? Why do you... Public school is a lot more different than I thought. <laughs> well, yeah. And, it, and it's the... She's 10 years old. Of course right. she's going to know about yeah, it. She'll and know about Honestly, it. it's it's memed, too. So yeah. that's not going to help matters. No, either. I know. It's just, it blew our brain. The fact that my 10-year-old daughter came in and was like, oh, red light, green light? 
It's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> Now, Excuse me. But I've been mostly I've been watching like class. Well, I've been watching like the, some of the funnier stuff with the wife. So we watched Hocus yeah. Pocus. By the oh, way, yeah. we watched that. I highly recommend the Muppets Haunted Mansion. That that was hilarious. That's a new one, right? Yeah, it okay. just came out uh, early October. I'll so, take that one out. Yeah, I had a, it's only like an hour, so I had a really good time. It's funny. You would actually dig it because they had oh, some horrible. The yeah, yeah. Well, that they also had horrible puns. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> They, waka waka. I love loved the puns that was in the original. So let's actually get to our real list. Yeah, I, so let's get to our list. Now. But yeah, so that's mainly what I've been doing. That that's my spooky season. I've been watching the Universal Monster movies as well. The, this is what happens when we don't film in too long. We just go off the rail, and you know, the, I do have to say, have, have you watched any Mel Brooks movies? I love Mel Brooks. Absolutely. Have you you seen my favorite on... movie? Is his first movie, The Producers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen? I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Tears it up and throws it down. You seen Young it. Frankenstein, right? Absolutely, Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah. But have you seen uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen? Yes. Oh my God! I love Dead. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my favorites, <laughs> especially because uh, there's a show I watch, Numbers. When he slips on the <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the bat poop and <laughs> tumbles down the stairs. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what is what's it? Renfield. The uh-huh. guy who plays Renfield uh, just cracks me. <laughs> he's so good. Peter McNichols, I think is his name. I don't remember his name. I know he's the one of the counselors in uh, Adam's Family. <laughs> yeah. uh, Adam's Family Values. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the summer camp... That guy is... So good. Yeah, he's so good. He, he's one of the funniest horror actors I've ever seen. And so, like, that's my recommendation for anybody who hasn't seen it. Check out Dracula Dead and Loving yes. It. It is probably one of the funniest Halloween movies you'll so ever good. see. You know what? I'm, maybe I'll watch that tonight. No, probably not. I but before for. we go to listen, I know that's a little off topic. Uh, a cousin brought this up to me. Uh, you remember Ernest? Yeah, Ernest Van or Ben Whirl. Uh, yeah, 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 Ernest. Yeah, yeah, Jules. Uh, I think his name was Jules Verne or something like that. Yep. So she brought up. Wait, Jules uh, Verne is the writer. <laughs> no, author? no, no, no. no. Uh, but I think his last name is Vern. Ernest well. did not write. No, no, you're right. His last name is Vern. <laughs> Ernest did not write Twenty Thousand Leagues Under <laughs> the, the Sea. No, but uh, <laughs> she brought up something that I totally forgot about as a kid. Oh, uh, scared stupid. Yes. Yeah. That movie terrified me as a child. There that was, was a spooky movie for the kids. monsters that the came out. The trolls were yes. creepy. <laughs> they really were. They were nightmare fuel. Absolutely. Like, it wasn't just Ernest that got scared. Like, that absolutely <laughs> makes sense. It's not scared children. But, yeah, no, uh, that made me want to find it and watch it because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm in. If you get a copy of that, invite me over. Like, we'll oh, have a yeah. movie night. I'll set up the projector in the backyard. Let's have a movie night. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's get into our list. Um, do you have a coin of doom? I can get a coin of doom. So, today, our list is once again, because it's been a while since we talked <laughs> about it. the theme, is what are the t- your favorite games that you don't remember how to play? Yeah. And it's not a complete forgot, but, you know, And since help. we talked about this in the, the non-recording about it earlier, how did you make your list? So, the way I made my list, I'm reading the back of this coin, that's interesting. The way I made my list was was not, I, I didn't choose my favorite games that I just happen to not remember and put them in order of which ones I like best. Yeah. I ranked them, and we've already discussed that we have a similar ranking, is that I took some of my favorite games that I don't remember how to play, and I ranked them by how little I remember from how to play it. So my number eight, I kind of remember mostly the gist of it. 
my number one. All I remember is how much I enjoyed it. So let's put it this way. My top three is pretty much interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it it could be any of them. Because for all we know, oh. Yeah. Yeah, We'll find out. So, yeah, let's get into it. So we have the Coin of Doom. So let's start us off. And you'll be going first. Alrighty. So the first game on my list that I forgot how to play is... Five Tribes. Oh, that's strange to say, isn't it? <laughs> Five Tribes is on my list. And I, again, there's a reason why it's on the back end. I do remember quite a bit of it. I know the gins have special abilities that mm-hmm. trigger at certain times or give you points at the end of the game. Uh, I kind of remember how the Moncala mechanism is works, but I couldn't tell you what the... The only ones I remember is the reds or the assassins. I can't remember what the white ones are or the blue ones I think are merchants. But other than that, I'm not too sure how exactly it works. It's been a while since I busted it out, so that's part of the problem. But yeah, so I, I really enjoy Five Tribes. I remember playing it. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like one of the first persons uh, in the area to have Five Tribes. Yep. To the point where I had like one of the original copies, and I had to go and buy special cards off Board Game Geek to you know, yeah, yeah, to make it better, make make it more friendly. Yep. Uh, understand? I understand the historical context on that, but mm, there's. Yep. Slavery is not good. Let's just say that. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, yeah, my first one is Five Tribes. And, again, this is going to be kind of short list because it's like, uh, that's about as much as I remember of it. Yeah. No, and and the thing is, is it that you don't remember it because it's been so long since your last play? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, more or less. Okay. So, my number eight, um, I actually picked two games, and it'll make sense why why they're both in here, but... uh, Because they they always kind of go hand in hand. When I think of one, I always think of the other one. Not because they're similar games, but because they're from the same designer. And my number eight is Notre Dame and La Isla. La Isla was on my short list. Yeah, because... And I remember playing them, and I remember them fondly. But every time we do a top eight debate for Notre Dame, I remember there's something about escalating spaces, and there's, like, carts that are moving around from, like, the corner spaces, and how neat the modular boards are. But I don't remember, other than the rats, I don't remember what any of the spaces do. And I just know that they get better. And I don't know why. I know you add cubes to them and then therefore they accelerate. But that's about it. I don't remember much about it. And then La Isla is kind of the same thing. I know, like, the theme, you're trying to send researchers out there to find all these extinct animals. Yeah. And there's, like, some kind of, like, weird chart that you're, you know, moving these pieces up like the more of certain animals you find the higher up on the chart they yeah, go yeah some aren't going to score because they're not going to go up high oh really yeah I, I def- okay see i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> so that that kind of proved my point i really don't know and i remember that there was an a b c abc cards and yeah. you and depending on where you, where you place yeah, them that, you use either the top middle or bottom of it yeah but that's it like that's that's we, what I remember. Again, I still say we should get a game night to get games back to the table. This is our list of which <laughs> ones we need to play first. All right. What, what's funny is because I have one that's relatively recent, and I still don't remember how to play. Yeah. And so I just wanted to make mention about five tribes real quick. I keep track of my games played, all my sure. games played. I'm, I'm missing a month because uh, my phone died, and I lost all that month. My app didn't cl- set cloud safe. Hmm. But I've been tracking games since 2019, so I've been okay. doing it for about three years now. Five Tribes is not on my app, so it's been yep. that long. <laughs> At least that long. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I started in early 20, 
2019. Yeah, because I was I picked it up on the New Year's of 2019. That's when I started tracking because I wanted to see right. how my things go. Five Tribes is right over there behind him on that shelf, and it hasn't been hit the table since at least 2018. I wonder if there's a at a certain point do these games go back on the shelf of shame <laughs> like because you just don't remember them. Yeah, exactly. Oh goodness. And so you're a lot Isla Notre Dame. So next on my list is a Pandasaurus game. In fact, it's got a sequel that's coming out and hitting uh, backers right now. Five Charges is not on my list either. <laughs> and that is Dinosaur Island. Yep. Okay. Um, I like the game. And in fact, I, the copy I have, I picked up for like half off. It was another one of those clearance sales. And I was like, oh, okay, I played this. I really enjoyed it. And it's never hit the table. I've been wanting to. It just, especially like with the pandemic, we just tried to get what games we could get played. And I need to get it to the table. I really enjoy it. I know it's a worker placement game. And I know there's something about hooligans and um, about getting certain people out there. And you, it's a bag pool where it kind of, you're pulling things out of the bag. And if you get hooligans, they're bad because they wreck things. And. And I know it plays in phases and rounds, and there's a lot going on, so there's a lot of moving parts. But, yeah, it's just I don't remember anything about it. Though, I'm always wanting to get a Stegosaurus in my park because that's my favorite dinosaur, yeah. even though they have a walnut for a brain. <laughs> well, I mean, they were enough to go into space, so that's what that's what really matters. <laughs> Firefly reference. That's right. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't blame you on that one. I've never played it, so I definitely don't remember it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I like the color palette on this game, too. I want yeah. to pick up the upgraded pieces on Board Game Geek for it as well. It's just, I don't want to buy them, because I don't know how it's going to hit the table. I don't know how to remember. I don't remember how to play it. I'm going to have to read the rules. I think there's a Rodney Smith watch it played for it. So I believe so. Reference that again. It's just, there's a lot of moving parts with this. I know the wife wasn't as enamored with it as I am, but that's not saying anything. And uh, this is my collection, not hers. I think she has like two or three games on my shelf, and it's just because people gift it to her. Oh. I Our mutual friend has been like all but begging me to play this game. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, every time he brings it up, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You weren't there when we played. I'm like, I wasn't. Yep. And, and it's, that's what I remember. I, I do really enjoy it, and I remember enjoying it and so much so that I went and picked it up when I saw it was on clearance at, uh, again, Barnes & Noble. And I just... I haven't played it, so I remember bits and pieces of it, but that's about it. Yeah. My number seven is a strange game that I had saw. You had, and strange games. Hmm. Right. It, it's definitely a unique theme. Um, I don't see many games with this theme, but it's one that I saw in Kickstarter when it first came out, and I absolutely love, like, uh, despite not being able to swim and living in the desert, I love, like, oceanic themes and anything involving, like, oceans is kind of a cool theme for me. Maybe because it's exotic, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, this game is about surfing. It's called Tavarua. And it's a really neat game. It's made by the guy who uh, created Zaya. The, you know, the space game. Yeah. And so I remember you play cards to either the front uh, left or right or the back left or right of the board. And you're also kind of like trying to balance out as best as you can. And push your luck as far down the ocean as you can without falling over. And that's where my memory stops. Is I just remember you sending out meeples. They have cool little cardboard tokens that are in the shape of, uh, of surfboards. You can have either a longboard or a small board. Um, and then you try and do tricks for points. And uh, I, yeah. <laughs> 
It, I mean, it's a cool game, and so I had been I had been aspiring to buy it for so long, and when I finally got it, I played it, and I was like, that was neat. I don't know when I'm going to play it again, and then now I don't remember how to play it, and I don't know if I should keep it anymore, because I have, like, the super deluxe version of it. So, I'm at a loss. I think it sounds cool. Um, I can check when the last time I played it, but I can almost guarantee it has not been in the past few years. But, yeah, that's Tavarua, my number seven of games that I like, but I don't remember how to play. Sorry, I was just, I got a notification about something, and I was confused. So if you're seeing me looking weird over here, I got a package. Well, that's nothing new, sir. I got a package that uh, left Tempe, Arizona, you know, the state that's right next door to us. Mm -hmm. And it went all the way to Wilmington, Delaware, and then it just left Philadelphia. And it was from a company in Tempe, Arizona. Would have been quicker if you just like hitchhiked <laughs> over there. Yeah, the United States Postal Service people <laughs> go clear across country huh. to come back to where it literally the state is right over. It's six hour drive yeah. to, for to Tempe, Arizona, from where we live. Yeah, and it's in Philadelphia or just left Philadelphia right now, which is I don't know twenty four hours away <laughs> at least. Yeah, four times as long. Yeah, it's about eight or nine states away from where we're located when it originated next door <laughs> it's weird my number six is actually one of my favorite games it's just right above your head over there and that is a historical game freedom oh, yeah. the underground railroad wait i'm trying to oh there it is <laughs> I really enjoy this game. In fact, I want to get to the table. That's how much I like it. And I always recommend this to everybody who wants to, you know, incorporate like a board game into a classroom, mm -hmm. historical-wise. This is, Academy Games is best for it. I got two, another one up there on my shelf of shame that's based off the um, moon landing. Yep. Uh, but Freedom the Underground Railroad is about freeing slaves, making them go to Canada and rescuing them. As well as changing the people's mind. And you have to play it through three rounds. You have to meet a certain total. But you got to be careful because it's it's pandemic, basically. So there's, there's certain aspects there. You lose if you run out of room. You lose if you basically lose slaves and stuff like that. you got a slave catcher that's going around the board. And that's about it. The, the main reason I have it on this list is because I can't for the life of me remember how you change the minds. I know it has something to do... It's card with like, play, right? Yeah, with cards that are coming out, but you okay. need a certain amount of money, and you got to use a turn to put money over there, and that moves it into the next era, and then the next era, you got to go through three eras to get it changed. That's all I remember. I don't know how to get that money. I don't know how you do it, what you got to do. Right. Uh, I, I remember how you rescue the slaves, but you also got to be careful because there's there's certain ways you got to move them, and it's gonna. I have to read the rule book again, just to get it to the table again. Mm. But it is a phenomenal game. I really, really love this game. It's just I don't remember it. <laughs> That's news to me. My next game is uh, technically a war game that I have played probably for the first time. And last time, about four or five years ago. Ogre? Ogre. <laughs> I remember I loved me some Ogre. I was so excited to actually buy a copy. Then when I bought a copy, I'm like, man, I'm going to trick it out. I'm going to get all the cool pieces. And I still have those pieces, and they're awesome. 
I haven't played my actual copy since. I played the mini version with little like cardboard shits that you're moving around, and the ogre is a tile that big. And I remember I had an absolute blast of it. Uh, you know, you have dry erase boards. You know, it's all combat results table. You're marking down damage. It's a really inventive game. I like the idea that you have one massive warship and everything else is just like this this huge army of small little dudes. You can run them over with your with the ogre. You know, it, it's a really cool game and an interesting concept. Super asymmetric, very cool. But I don't remember how it works. Yeah, the only reason I knew this was ogre because I was like, he's only mentioned one war game that he's ever actually played, and it's I, ogre. I've played a couple war chest. I guess <laughs> which technically. Uh, technically right the grizzled. No, uh, no, really, I know, I know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Everybody calm down. I know Magic Arena of the Planeswalker is more of a war game than, than the Grizzles is. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's technically the only war game that I've played, um, with some exceptions, but it's just, I remember it having an absolute blast, but I want to get it to the table again, so I would have to read that rule book again and figure out how the combat, combat results table works. <laughs> And that's a Steve Jackson game, no It's a Steve Jackson game. And it's a really good one, too. Yeah, it's just, you look at Steve Jackson's library, and you're like, Ogre? One of these things is yeah. not like the other. Yeah, <laughs> when you, right? And you got, like, Shea Geek and Munchkin. Right. Ogre. Ogre. And then, but then you also have stuff like GURPS, you know, like, uh, or <laughs> all of his RPGs. It's like, yeah. that's not quite, quite like the others, either. Yeah, but that's in the RPG line. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different story. We're talking about like tabletop board gaming. You yeah. got Ogre, Munchkin, and Shake Geek in your library. Yeah. And you're Hack like, and Slash. And yeah. Like Zombie Dice. And... It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Ogre. <laughs> a war game? What All right. World? Going into the last of the bottom half, that uh, the ones that I remember to an extent mm-hmm. compared to the next half that's coming up. But this one is a game you don't like. Oh, good. And we're talking about... I probably forgot how to play it, too. Uh, talking about Pandasaurus. Pandasaurus game I don't like. Oh, that doesn't... I mean, they're... Oh, yeah. Have fun with this one. <laughs> I saw this on my list. Sad it was on my played list. <laughs> it really should have been my unplayed list. Wasteland Express Delivery, Delivery Service. Service. I love this game. I, I know his reasoning behind it. Um because he, he doesn't have he lacks taste. So. You don't remember how to play it. I remember how to play it, and it was awful. It's, it's pick scarred. up and deliver. That's about all I remember. And I know there's some combat in there. It's just been so while, a long time since I played it. It's been about three years, two years. I think 2019. Yeah, is probably the last time I played it. No. I think the first time I played it was the last time you played it. <laughs> yeah, um, glad I, really I can help. It. Uh, it's really it's a fun game. I understand why you don't like it because one, it's long, and two, it's got theme, and you know you're tasteless. But the the fact of the matter is, I, I remember you go on a grid, you got to pick up like water, bullets, and supplies. I think it's what it is. Yeah, it's ammo, water, and supplies, and you got to take them to certain areas to get the best amount of money. But like I don't remember what the end game trigger is. I think it has something to do with the cards. I think. Um, there's combat that you you got to worry about, like the the rovers, I forget what they're called, come up to you and try to steal your cargo, or you can fight them and steal their cargo because, you know, they take cargo. And, yeah, it's I, I like the tongue-in-cheek versions of characters that you can play because you got, like, Smokey and the Bandit in there, and you got the... Um, 
I forget some of the other names, but yeah, there, there's reference to like post-apocalyptic or deliver mm-hmm. uh, delivery type stuff, like Mad Max. There's a character that's based mm-hmm. off Mad Max in there. I like all that tongue-in-cheek stuff, and I really do enjoy the game. It's just one that doesn't get to the table a lot. Uh, it's one that you don't like for one thing, and then my wife, not a big fan of like games that take super long. Yep. And this game will take a, a long it night. It's about two and a half to three hours. If it's your first time playing, good, you could probably be playing it for four hours. Yeah, but I do enjoy it. And it's just I vaguely remember it. I I think I know why you don't remember it so well. Is that you, you know you talk to people like mothers who have given birth, and and they come and they explain <laughs> oh, how painful and how awful of an experience childbirth is, and yet. Like, if you ask them, like, a week later, they're never having a kid ever again. But you ask them a couple of years, time heals all wounds. And, the, and then they might be willing to. Unlike you, I actually enjoyed this game. I love the post-apocalyptic theme. I, I like love the game. theme. That's, that's what disappointed me so much. The game made me dislike the theme more. Like, I actually like post-apocalyptic themes. I really do. And I was excited to play the game. That has made me dislike (laughs) post-apocalyptic games in general because of how bad it was. Says you, and... You don't remember how bad it is. You just admitted it. (laughs) No, I remember how good it was. I just don't remember how it plays. And I think a big part of it this for this one is... I was taught the game. I didn't learn the game myself. I didn't right. read the rules. I didn't watch the playthroughs, uh, like sort of like that. So it's not something that's going to stick in my mind unless I actually have to sure. teach the game. And so because I just bought a copy. Again, it's like Dinosaur Island. I played another person's copy. I really liked it. And then the wife got me this for my birthday because right. it was one of the games that I wanted to pick up. And I got it to the table once. And Yeah, I just don't remember it. Yeah. My uh, number five is one that I really should remember how to play, and I, I remember most of the components. It's a pretty neat worker placement game where each of the workers have kind of like their own specialty and a number of points at, of actions that they can do. When you place out the worker, you have to put out a certain number of actions for it. But it's one of my favorite themes. It is magician-themed. Tricarion? Tricarion. Yeah, it's a, such a cool game. And I remember When you said worker placement tricks. magician, I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. There's not many of those. But you get these trick cards, these illusions, and you're trying to get components to build the illusion. Yeah, yeah. But I remember you're building it on this pattern thing for some reason. And uh, with that never made sense to me. I do remember that because of how little it made sense. But then that's the extent of it. I remember you're, you're trying to upgrade your, your characters. You're trying to perform. And that's, yeah. This is an awkward list. It really, yeah, it is. really is. But that that's really... I, I remembered how much I like it, but I only ever got to the table once, and I enjoyed the mess out of it. I needed to do it again. And uh, I think you would probably dig it. It's it's it. You would like it for the how the worker placement works and how each... Oh, worker, you know I dig worker placement yeah. regardless. I have, like, crap ton on my shelf over here. Yeah. And, and at least a few of the magicians that are in there, I don't know if all of them are, but I know... Um, Quite a few of the, like the four main ones, uh, the, there's more with expansions and stuff, are actually based on real professional magicians nowadays. There was actually one who was like on the main cover or something, and he's like a French magician who won the Magic of the Year uh, a okay. number of years ago, and he has a really cool routine. And I remember that was kind of a selling point for them. That's why I remembered it because they put it on the Kickstarter like, yeah, we took this like this magician who uh, his likeness and put it in the game. It's like, wow, this guy's really cool. And then you ask anybody in America, they're like, well, I don't know who that is. Yeah. 
Well, then again, uh, magicians, they have a following in America, but they're not, like, uh, that big in here. We're, we're, and uh, just to be truthful, not honest, like, stage shows are not as popular as, like, sports nowadays. Oh, no. Not a, not in the slightest. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree with America you. America is sports-driven. Uh, it's not even funny. I mean, come on. I'm a guy who collects minor league baseball hats, so I can't I really want to go see much. people jump motorcycles this weekend. Are you going to go? I wanted to. But my wife would rather see an Asian or a Korean band. And go to Los Angeles. In LA. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't I don't, I don't get that. I I mean I'm I mean I'm okay with, with BTS. Yeah, They're I, better it, than Justin Bieber. Well, that's not saying much, but I'm talking more along the lines. I just don't get boy bands in general. I grew up in the generation of like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and right. even then I was like But okay, so you were probably like what, fifteen, sixteen, like when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were really you were 13, like fourteen, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I was younger, like I, I understood the appeal, I didn't mind them. They yeah. don't bother me. But you were probably already past the time. Oh like, yeah, where I was already I was listening like, to the rock music, but it's not just right. that. I mean like I grew up in the era or I was young enough to remember when New Kids in the Block came out and they were popular. So it's just like I I don't get it. I, I understand pop music, but like boy bands you're just creating people and putting them together and it's the same thing with what are your uh, thoughts on uh barbershop quartets well, i'm okay with them don't do what groups yeah they're fine drifters like all those guys yeah it, it, that, that's all fine it's just i don't get it and honestly i don't get why they're as big as they are because it's just they're and it's not just like i can understand like Younger audiences getting attached to them. It's like One Direction, NSYNC back in my time, mm-hmm. or even BTS nowadays because, you know, worldwide phenomenons and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the fact that BTS is dra- uh, driven through the age line as well, it's not just 13, 14, 15, or growing with them, so 16, 17-year-olds now. Right. You got people who are in their 30s, 20s, 30s, wanting mm-hmm. to go see it. I know someone who's in their 40s wife, wants yeah. to go see them in L.A., and I'm just in there like, Okay, sure, I, I I guess, but I I don't understand anything they're really singing because they only sing partially in English. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like okay, something about dynamite and butter. Yeah, like, and, I don't and, remember. And then you got like manufactured uh, music, so I mean, yeah, it's a catchy beat, but yeah. you got that with boy bands nowadays, girl bands over here too. So it's just like, right? I don't get it. Sure, yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. But... Now, if it was if it was like the Drifters or the Marcells performing, <laughs> like. Like, can you imagine that BTS with, like, the Drifters opening for them? Like, just some, well, it, it's like it, we're it, crossing it's, generations it's here. It's funny for me, because, like, <laughs> one of my guilty pleasures is baby metal. So, but at least there's a band that's not just dancing. Yeah. There's legitimately a metal band behind them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so silly. Oh, goodness. What's your next one? <laughs> Wait, was that yours? No, no, that was yours. Uh, my next one on, is my number four. Is a game that we've argued quite a bit on this, and it's moved pretty well, just because based on what we enjoyed of the game, but he, you even heard it like in some of our top eight debates where I'm just like, there's this going on, or there's this going on. It's just, there's so much going on in this game. I, that's probably one of the reasons why I don't remember it very well, and that's Rajas of the Ganges. <laughs> Because there is a lot going on in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you got dice in there. You got a tiny worker placement. You got to figure out where your boat's going on a track. Yeah. I, for the life of me, got that puzzle in front of me that I hardly ever remember. Every time we got to argue this game, I'm like, there's that spatial thing and I forget how it works. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on in Rogers of the Ganges. And again, it's another one that was taught to me rather than me. I don't even own it. 
<coughs> so it wasn't Bullshit. like I could actually teach it to someone. And so that's why I'm just like, that. that's this one of the first ones that came popped on my list to go on my list is because like I enjoy the game. I think it's a great game. It's just for the life of me, I can't remember how it actually plays properly. Like, I couldn't tell you the, the turn of sequence, like, what I could do, what are my choices are. Yeah. I just know this happens, this happens, you got this thing going on over here, and you got these pretty dice. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. number four, Rajas of the Ganges. My number four, speaking of um, Euro games, is one that you and I played together, and uh, it's from Uwe Rosenberg. And uh, we played it as a two-player game, and I remember we enjoyed enjoyed it quite a bit. Le Havre. Le Havre, yeah. I, Le Havre. Le Havre. Oh, like that the football player, Brett Bre- Favre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, I remember... Take that coin. I remember playing it and enjoying the mess out of it, and I, yeah, I remember I like how like the buildings are kind of laid out, and you're buying stuff, and you can go to other people's buildings. Yeah, I know the yeah. basics. And that, that's all I can say about it. it. It's really cool. I want to get back to the table. Actually, maybe this should be lower on my list because I do remember a bit of it. I just don't remember any of the buildings, what they do, like why they're special, how you get points. Um, but and I, the, 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 another thing is like the, the boat. The boat. I I know it's there and I know that's like the timer, but for the life of me, I can't remember exactly well, that what one's, it is. I remember it's just the which resources get spawned, really. Yeah, yeah. And then you just move it along. But it's also the timer, right? <coughs> yeah, I think you hop, hopscotch them or leapfrog them. But that's it. Yeah. The hob. That's Great a good game. one. Speaking of games, uh, Euros, that we've played together, mm. uh, also was in my top 100. Barely really? squeaking in, really. Uh, so, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched those videos yet or listened to that podcast, mind you, those some of our more popular videos and podcasts. Oh. Download numbers. But uh, my number three is a German game about German postal service. Really? You don't remember this one? <laughs> I remember the game. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember how it moves oh, or how man. we drive. I know you got those things up there that give you special abilities at the top. And I don't remember how we can move our characters through the board. You don't uh, move I, I should actually tell the people what this one's called. And that's no. Turn and Taxis. I mean... Most people who are pretty big into board games probably knew it by German postal system. Yeah. That's not the hottest <laughs> themes, you know. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. But other than that, I remember enjoying it. I remember liking it. Um, remember the board is ugly as hell. But um, pretty bad. for the life of me, I can't remember how, to, uh, how it dries, how it moves. I know what you kind of have to do, sort of, but I don't even remember how to get the points. Yeah. Uh, I know you're building postal lines and trying to make the best one, kind of like all a ticket to ride where you're trying to build yep. your lines through. That's as much as I remember. I remember the board's ugliest sin. I remember there's like some cards up at the top that give you special abilities once you meet certain requirements. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown so I can help refresh your memory. Okay. You take cards uh, based on the cities that are in Germany, right? And you're trying to create a one like a strand of them. So your minimum, I think, is three. Uh-huh. So if you have three connected cities in a row, then you could discard those and connect your route. And then you either place your buildings in all of them of one color or one in each color that you've placed. Okay. Once you get a full region filled in, then you can take the tokens, which descend. On your turn, you're going to take two actions. You're always going to draw a card. You're always going to play one card. Um, and then you have one of four options. Otherwise, you could either refresh the row of cards that you could draw from, draw a second card, play a second card, 
or something else. Oh yeah, take a wagon that's a little bit higher. And you're just taking um, increasingly longer routes mm-hmm. and then vying for those points. Hopefully yeah. that helped. No. Okay, well we'll have to play it again because it, that's, that's worth it. I got the expansion, which is stupid. Because the expansion comes in this big old giant box... And, like, you open it up and it's like, okay, there's a board in it. You take out the board and there's one little pocket about that big, like, maybe two by two inches, where it has a couple cards and a few pieces and then that's it. So, basically, what you're saying is a Machi Koro box. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was... Well, at least Machi Koro doesn't have a board. Machi Koro is just, like, a stack of cards, which has no right being that big. Which is a giant box for just a stack of cards. It you is. could do, like, a blister this, this box. Expansion, this expansion, it justified it with the board. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still a massive box. And then, like, I just love that insert where it's just, like, it holds up everything, and then there's just a little pocket of just cards. It's so Oh, dumb. it's crazy. Uh, my next one is another Uwe Rosenberg game. And uh, this one is set uh, in either Nordic or Iceland. I think it's Iceland. And that is uh, Rayholt. Oh, okay. And this one's really cool. I do remember... One of the things I like about scoring is you're fulfilling orders of increasingly more uh, more numerous vegetables. So at first you're doing one of each of the vegetables, then two, then three, then four. And it's a worker placement, and there's about 30 actions on the board. And, uh, and one of the things I do like about the scoring is that you either turn in a vegetable to move your scoring marker, or once per your turn you can skip that and instead take those vegetables... So, for example, I could trade in, like, one carrot, then one cauliflower, and then if I don't have the tomato, I can take a tomato and still go to that spot and then continue trading stuff in if I have it. And so, like, that's a really interesting mechanism. The problem lies with with this game is that I film videos, instructional videos sometimes for the shop that I work for. Yeah. And, and I remember bringing this because I was so excited to sh- tell people about it. And I was getting it ready to set up and was going to do a quick introduction video and i had forgotten it to the point where i actually said you know what boss i'm sorry i don't remember how to play this game enough where i can even give like an overview of it and that was an embarrassing time of me just putting that game right back in this and all the components back in the box and going let's do like poker or something or love letter you know something really (laughs) simple uh, yeah, it was so sad when that happened. But, but oh, well. again, it's also Uwe Rosenberg. So it is Uwe Rosenberg. unless it's Bonanza or Patchwork, he doesn't have <laughs> simple games. No, not and, generally. And Patchwork is not that simple. No, not exactly. <laughs> but it's just there was something about it. I, I I remember really enjoying it, but there was just some like weird nuances that I just couldn't remember how to do. But so that's my my uh, number three, Rayholt. All right, moving on to my number two. In this very strange list that we're doing. And my number two is the only Reiner Kanitsu game I own. Blue Moon City, huh? Blue Moon City. I remember there's dragons in it. And I remember you do stuff to get the dragon's praises to help you move along the tower. The furthest you get, the first person to hit, like, I think it's 12 uh, up there, wins. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty much what all I remember. I, I think it's a great game. I, I had a good time with it. I remember you and me both yeah, played, we it. played it. Yeah, we played it. Do you want me to make you feel better about this? I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> all I, I remember like is there's so, so many things you do. If you meet a requirement, you can get Dragon's Favor. The dragons will help you build the tower. The further the stuff the tower wins. How all of that is driven is beyond me. I don't remember 
what your actions are or what if you have actions or what you're doing to drive the game. Nothing. I, that's all I remember. There's dragons. Yeah. You're building a tower. There you go. That's it. But I, I really genuinely do enjoy the game. I have it right behind me over mm-hmm. here, and I think it's a phenomenal game, especially for someone who doesn't like playing a lot of Kinesia games. I've only yeah. played a handful. Uh, don't care much for Lost Cities. Um, right. Can't think of another one that I played off the top of my head, just because oh, Raw, Raw's okay. Raw. Uh, ugly as sin. I, Whereas, I do, I'm standing by that my statement. I say this every time you need to tr- we need to try it with a bigger group. Sure, but uh, Blue Moon City, I really enjoyed it. It was a good two-player game. I know it goes up to four. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. My number two is a game that I know I haven't played in probably six or seven years, at least. And that is Condottier. And I remember I had this on my one list ever since I first played it when I used to live in Albuquerque. That's how long ago it was. And I, I had been waiting for the time to buy it, and I finally found a copy at the bookstore that we tend to go to. And I was like, I don't care how much it is. It was way too expensive for what it should have been. But I didn't care because I knew I wanted this in my list because of how much I absolutely adored it the first time I played it. And I have never been able to convince anybody to let me get that back to the table. Condottiere is a really cool game where you're, I think you're in Italy and you're trying to like vie for power by like kind of bidding your cards and playing higher values than others. And I think there's a Pope somewhere in it. And um, certain cards like affect everybody's cards where like, they sometimes they'll change like everything into ones. Then it's just like everybody's just whoever has more cards that they played. Uh, yeah, it's really confusing. And I think you just need to win a certain number of regions, <laughs> I think. But, oh man, it's such a cool game. And I'm still like anxious to get it back to the table because I want to experience that again and see if I if my memories serve me as fondly as they did. That's Condottiere by Fantasy Flight Games at the time. I, I know they just recently reprinted it and I don't remember who it was. So but... it was interesting. I was just looking at my list. Out of the eight games, I own six of them, and I don't remember how to play them. <laughs> I do uh, believe I own all of these. Yes. Uh, the only ones I don't no, own... I, I don't own one of them. Uh, the only ones I don't own is Turn in Taxis and Rajas of the Ganges. Yep. Those are the only two I don't own. My number one is something I owned. We've played together relatively recently, at least within a year. And, so it's on our list. Yeah, and it's an amazing game. I had a great time playing it. And I remember bits and pieces of it. But that's uh Tale to Walking. Yep. <laughs> I even got an expansion for it. That's how much I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But because again, we've talked about it like with the Juve Rosenberg and uh, I think it was like another one on my list. I think it's like a lot Five of these point salads and like yeah, really there, heavy Euros. There's that, a lot like, of moving parts to that to this game. Uh, the dice do certain things. You're moving across a board. Your dice, if they're, if you use a six because they're increasing, mm-hmm. I, that's what I remember. That the dice will increase once you get a six, they die, and so you're going up that track. And I forget what that track does. I know you're building the pyramid. Don't ask me what that does. Uh, also, you're 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 decorating the pyramid with you're putting like tile inlays yeah, on the really, pyramid really as well, tiles, and it's just like. Yeah. I don't know what half the thing this game does. I own the game. It's right behind you over here. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you what half the the stuff does in the game. All I remember is the dice move across the board. You can go, I think it's like one, two, or three spaces. And it's got an interesting theme on it. 
even though it's really does it though does it, it? it's very abstract it's uh phenomenal i really enjoyed playing it even you were like hmm this is pretty good and then but for the life of me i can't remember i gotta have to read the rules again just to yeah. even get a gist of how to play this again and even then it's gonna be like oh my head hurts i even remember when we first played it it took us about I don't know, four or five round or steps to get through it. Mm-hmm. They turns around the table to actually, oh, okay, I see how this goes. Or, oh, okay, I see how this goes. And the thing is, I only describe like parts of the thing you're doing in this game. There's other parts of the game I don't remember. Yeah. I know. David Turksey is not known for streamlining. Yeah, I think there's like nine places on the boards that you could do like special abilities and stuff like like that. that. And I think each one of them have like two parts of it or maybe one part or and some of them. But it's like, oh, if you do this, you could do this. Or if you do this, oh, this. Oh, also, if your guy ascends is what it's called. He he basically gets died and buried in the road and he's ascended. And then you got a whole nother track that you got to play with. I don't know what that is. And and then there's a whole nother side of the board. It's just like. Ah, oh, and I remember enjoying it, enjoying a good time with it. It's beautifully produced. Yep. <laughs> and that is my number one, Tale to Wild. My number one. City of Gods. Uh, half of these games, I was I was hoping I could get, like, your opinion on it to try and remember, like, what, what these do. Because I purposely haven't watched, like, how to play videos yeah, neither uh, on this. But this is our only crossover. Our only crossover? Our only crossover. Of the Ganges. That's it. <laughs> With that being said, that's my number one. I don't remember a single thing about this. I didn't remember that that you have your own player boards until like recently. I was like, oh yeah, you have to like do something with tiles or yeah. something. And like I forgot that there was dice. I thought it was just a worker placement. Uh, and and you describing it didn't help. And uh, so that's our list. <laughs> I have no idea how to play this game anymore. I just remembered. That that was one of the few games that I that after I finished playing, I'm like, I just got incredibly excited. I was like, this is fantastic. Oh, it was a great I game. I can't wait to buy this. Yeah, and I, I, I was having to, to buy it. You've played it. I showed up to the shop and you're like, dude, you need to play that game. Yeah. Go and, over there and play that game. And you played it that day, didn't you? Yeah, I, I went over there and played that game. Because yeah. I was getting set up and he's like, like yeah, it was a mutual friend of ours. And he's like, hey, yeah, we got a spot over here if you want to play it. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Because you're like, dude, you got to play that game. I played it. I'm like, Okay, yeah, that's amazing. I probably had to pick this up. I haven't picked it up. Yeah, and you rarely go by my suggestions too. And we, <laughs> yeah. But you and I saw eye to eye on that one, hands down. We remember how phenomenal that game is. That that game was so good. I remember Marcus and Inca Brand like being like a staple as far as games go, in my opinion. Isn't that Rise of Queensdale? That is also Rise of Queensdale. That, that's, that's also the reason why the we Exit got... series. Yeah, there, there's so many games that now I appreciate from them. Uh, Murano, that's another one of them. And that was one of the games that put them on the map for me. And I wish I remembered how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I actually want to pick it up. I actually want to try the rolling right on this, too. I own it. I own the rolling right. So let's, uh, let's, I'll bring it over sometime and we can probably forget how to play that, too. <laughs> it sounds good. All right. Sounds like a deal. So we hope you have enjoyed this absolutely absurd and off the rail and trouble shot ridden yeah. episode. We apologize in advance, but at the same time, Hopefully our ramblings have, if nothing else, brought a fun laugh to you. 
as you laugh at how ridiculous and how dumb we are for not remembering how to play any of these games. And, and these are our favorite games, too. <laughs> these are our favorite games. Now, despite your your common beliefs, this is we are not running out of ideas. We are. But if you do want to ever reach out to us and uh, let us know of an idea that you have for a future episode. I know I'm out of order here, but uh, hit us up. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can all get, also get into contact with us on our Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. And, by all mm-hmm. means, if you ever want to watch us do a live episode, hopefully without troubleshooting problems this time, and actually recording, <laughs> join us at <laughs> twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there's three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject matter. In this case, what is your favorite game that you don't remember how to play? <laughs> as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games. Podcasts including Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And I'm losing my voice. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board games.